Welcome back to Birdhouse Sports Weekly. I am your host, Tracy Zahoski. I'm Brandon Stinson. So, we haven't uh, released podcasts in a while. Uh, we realized we both had, uh, I think, I had two or three tests last week. I know Brandon was also busy yeah. as well. Uh, we kind of just got to the end of the week and then realized, oh crap, we actually haven't released a uh, podcast this week. So, we do apologize for that, but we are here for your sports needs of the week. Uh, so, we're going to open this up. We got a little bit of a... Uh, Kind of an update going on in the NBA. Um, nothing too crazy for an update. Uh, just just what we're seeing coming out of the All-Star break with the few games that we've had, um, what we think of teams so far, where they're going forward. Just uh, our thoughts. Um, personally, I see uh, I see a problem with the Cavs. Um, they've, I believe, lost two of three coming out of the All-Star break. Mm-hmm. Um, I could be wrong there. But I know they lost uh, Sunday to the Spurs. Yep. Yeah, they lost to the Spurs. They lost to the uh, I can't remember who it was, but their first game out they also lost. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're they're not doing nearly as well as people thought they would be. Um, they're kind of struggling coming out of it. Let's see. No, and that's kind of kind of as expected. Obviously, they had those first couple games uh, when they made all the big moves at the trade deadline. Um, they had the game against the Celtics where they just they looked really good, um, and obviously that wasn't going to last. Um, I don't think I think we kind of talked about it. Um, everybody kind of jumped jumped to conclusions that this team was uh, going to all of a sudden create havoc, become the number one seed automatically, and I mean they're still a new team that haven't hasn't been playing together exactly all that much, so you can't expect. You a can't huge really amount of success. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You can't expect success right off the gate when they're a team that hasn't played together. So that that's my whole thing. Uh, and my big thing overall, and this is something that I'm you know I'm noticing now. Um, one thing that doesn't I don't like about the Cavaliers, and it's the Cavaliers every every year. They never play defense ever, um, and it shows. And I don't mean that in just like. Oh, well, watching them, they don't play defense. It shows them their scores. Mm-hmm. They are averaging 109.6 points per game to their opponents every game. In the Eastern Conference, this ranks as number two behind the Orlando Magic at 110.1. So this is ridiculously high. And it just shows, you know, they they rely so heavily on their offense and i think this shows on the coaching of tyrone lu i don't i've never thought of tyrone lu as a i don't i don't think of him as the coach of that team no I, and i think he's he is he's there a because he is someone who really doesn't have power over lebron and i think i personally think that lebron's one of those uh few players really ever that you can allow to take over a team really mm-hmm. but obviously when you don't have a coach who's really doing, I can't say that he's doing a whole lot. I haven't um, seen it. I don't see him doing much on the bench at all. I don't. No. And I, I mean, crunch time. It's not him drawing up the plays. It's. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's give it to LeBron and let LeBron do his thing. Right. Um, so I mean, it's like you said. It's every year. Um, I think their number, their defense is improved from. It's improved from last the trade year. deadline well, and from last year as well. Um, obviously, it's still. A liability, um, and defense wins you championships. Yep. Simply exactly. put. And it's, I don't know, it's, 
At that same point, you look to the Western Conference, and the Western Conference, uh, just about every team is above 100 for uh, allowing per game. The Spurs are the only team that doesn't allow 100 per game, which is pretty pretty typical. They're mm-hmm. definitely a defensive-oriented team. Um, but I just think that... I mean, in the Eastern Conference, I do have to say that the Celtics are the only one that do allow under 100 points a game. So it is the same in both conferences mm-hmm. where only one team is allowing it. But <clears throat> when you're a top three team and you're allowing the second most in the conference and you go to the Eastern or the Western Conference and you've got only one, two, three, three total that are allowing more than that, mm-hmm. um, you're not going to go very far. And a lot of those are lower ranking teams as well mm-hmm. that aren't even in the playoffs. So... Uh, on the other hand, in the Western Conference, too, you've got a team like Houston who is just rolling mm-hmm. 13 in a row. Um, they are blowing out opponents like crazy. Uh, their average win is about eight and a half points. Um, they are, you know, obviously winning at a very large rate right now. Uh, have a half game lead on the Warriors uh, as mm-hmm. the Warriors have one more loss than them. They both have the same amount of wins at 47. But uh, Warriors have one more loss. Um, what are your thoughts on the Rockets? Do I mean, you... I think this is just a bigger push towards uh, James Harden for MVP. Um, I think he's playing out of his mind this year. Obviously, I think I've said it before that James Harden has kind of just been screwed in the last couple of years. Um, I think he's been second place. You know, he was second place last year. I think he was second place the year before. He was second place the year um, before, and he was uh, voted... Um, he, he was voted, voted by, the players, by the players as the MVP. As the MVP he was in Curry's, so. Curry's second MVP season, I believe. But this year, I think there's, as of right now, I don't think there's much of a competition. I think James Harden. Um, there's nobody else that's really. There's doing nobody much. else that's um, really competing with him. Um, and I mean, you look at that um, Houston with. I mean, you can add Clint Capella in here, but James Harden and CP3 on the floor at the same time. I think they've only lost three games with them. I think if you put. CP3, Harden, and Capella all on the floor. They've lost one game. I mm-hmm. believe they're twenty nine and one, mm-hmm. um, and that's I mean that's thirty games. That's a huge, huge sample size. That's a huge, you know, group of games that you can actually look at. It's not just a fluke. That shows that those three guys healthy on the floor, the team is pretty good to go with. I will say one thing: if you are a Rockets fan, or if you are thinking the Rockets are going to go all the way this year, do not count your chickens before your eggs. You know, don't count your chickens before your eggs have hatched there, because uh, I until Chris Paul and James Harden show me that they are capable of doing something in the playoffs and not folding and not running away in the times that they need him most. Look at Harden's game six last year against the Spurs. Mm-hmm. 10 points on like 5 of 19 shooting just a dreadful abysmal performance mm-hmm. and until the until both of them show me that in the playoffs they can you know really bang with the big boys I'm not going to trust them yet and I still think it goes through Golden State. Yeah. I think it's definitely going to be an interesting uh Western Conference uh playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um I think there's a lot of teams um we can move down. Um, we're looking at the three seed Timberwolves. Um, obviously, uh, this was kind of our next point, I think. But uh, Jimmy Butler uh, torn meniscus mm-hmm. uh, out for the remainder of the regular season. They're eyeing him to come back in the playoffs, which mm-hmm. obviously 
you can hope. Uh, there's no for sure yet there, but um, you have to wonder if they're going to be able to maintain that three that three seed. Yeah. Um, and you go down to the Spurs as well in the four seed, um, and there's so many there's so many question marks uh, around Kawhi Leonard, uh, whether he's going to play at all this year or at Just all really in the future. Whole team. That whole um, team has question marks because it's they're they're. I mean, I will say that Popovich is the biggest proponent of it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Mm-hmm. And he's got a bunch of old guys playing together. He's got LaMarcus Aldridge. Uh, he's got um, Manu Ginobili, Ginobili Patty Mills. They're finally having Tony Parker off the bench, which I think yeah. is a move that should have happened probably three years ago. Yeah, <laughs> um, but that's that's something that they're just an old team. I don't see them in the playoffs having that much success. No, and I don't think, especially without Kawhi Leonard out there, um, mm-hmm. I don't really know. Um, from what I have, I haven't read deep into it, but from what I've heard from the Kawhi Leonard situation, he was upset with the team for how they handled his quad injury. Mm-hmm. They cleared him before he thought he was ready to come back. Yep. Um, and there are talks that he may never play with the Spurs again. Um. I mean, you gotta think, you gotta think when a you know a player is I I liken this situation to a lot of what and, Andrew Luck is going through in the NFL. Yeah, um, a organization that desperately needs that superstar out there to perform to the heights that they believe they can, but without that superstar, they're not really doing much. So then you end up in a place like the Spurs and the. Colts right now where Luck is out and Kawhi Leonard is out so they're trying to get him back as soon as they can but I mean this guy's a human you know Mm -hmm. he he knows when his body's ready and if his body's not ready don't push him back out there Mm -hmm. and I think that that's been the big kind of roadblock for them this entire season has been trying to figure out because if they could just get if they could just find out okay he's not coming back this season they can move on and they Mm -hmm. can try to find something else right um and I think the last thing I have in the Western Conference is uh, I don't have the specific numbers, but Anthony Davis this month in oh, total has been unbelievable. The last and, like um, ten games, it's mm-hmm. like forty-five points a game. Yeah, uh, 15, 17 rebounds. Seventeen, yeah, seventeen ish rebounds. Um, Three point two blocks a game. In a in a response to I believe it was Skip Bayless calling him the most overrated player in the league yep. a couple days ago. Um, I think he's probably one of the underrated guys, most underrated guys in the league. One of the more underrated um, big guys, I will say that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Somebody who obviously he's dealt with injury concerns. He's finally healthy. It's a huge bummer that uh, obviously Demarcus Cousins out for the year, um, and that team has so many question marks. Um, it's going to be a scary off season for the Pelicans yeah. because their whole team basically is relying on whether Demarcus Cousins comes back. Mm-hmm. If they don't, if Demarcus Cousins doesn't come back and he walks, that uh, Anthony Davis got really no reason to stay. Anthony Davis is going to walk, especially um, in an age where loyalty is becoming less and less of a thing. And I'm not saying that is an insult to athletes, but um, they're following their paydays, right? And it's mm-hmm. um, like I know there's older athletes who are coming out now and saying, "Man." Uh, I think Shaq said it. Uh, if I would have known it was legal to uh, sign with Jordan, I would have done it. Yeah. That type of thing. And I mean, I don't think Shaq's the best example, but I think there's been a lot of those cases where uh, retired players are looking at what the Warriors have done mm-hmm. um, and seeing that 
you have to get superstars to pair up with each other. It's not a uh, one superstar versus another superstar uh, type league anymore. Um, and really, if you look back past 15 years, it really hasn't been. No. Like most teams, if you want to win a championship, you're going to have to have more than a superstar because mm-hmm. a superstar is good until you put a defense around it. If you mm-hmm. have a decent defense, one superstar can, you know, gets basically overshadowed by a decent defense. Um, that's why, like, you go back to, like, the original big three of the modern era mm-hmm. with Paul Pierce. Uh, Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett. I mean, in a lot of ways now, you look back at it as kind of the big four with Rondo at that time because that was Rondo's peak moments. Um, But you look at that time and you had to bring together an all-star three-point shooter. You had to bring together an all-star forward. Uh, You already had your all-star... Another, uh, you had your all-star small forward in Paul Pierce, but you brought these guys in and built a team around them. Mm-hmm. And then the Nets, unfortunately, got them a little bit too late. Yeah. Um, and the Celtics have now uh, really reaped the war- rewards of that. Uh, mm-hmm. I will, yeah. I just think, the only other thing I have on the Western Conference is the Thunder. Thunder were sitting, I think, at the five seed at one point. Either the five, I mean, granted, they're at the seven right now, but... That's one less or one more loss than the five and six seed, one with mo- one more win than both of them, mm-hmm. and then uh, two less losses, uh, two more losses than the four, and one more one less loss or one less win mm-hmm. than the four. So I'm not really worried about the Thunder. Uh, I think that they'll find themselves here in the second half. No, and I think the difference is, surprisingly enough, when you look at this Thunder team, it's not their defense that's the problem. They no. play very good defense. Very good defense, And yeah. I think that's that's a telltale sign of a team that can slump and doesn't have to freak out. Because mm-hmm. I think if you can play good defense night in and night out, you're always going to have a chance to win the game. To win yeah, a game. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. With, so, that, with that, let's... Uh, Let's go right into our flying highlights of the week. Uh, first off, going for gold. Our, uh, some props out to our women's hockey team and our men's curling team. Uh, I will say I was up all night that night watching the women defeat Canada in the gold medal match uh, for the uh, women's hockey in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. That game was one of my favorite most favorite hockey games I've ever watched. Um, the U.S. never gave up. Uh, they got down 3-2, I believe, in the shootout and had to score. And uh, Amanda Kessel came through, scored. They tied it up, got it into the like kind of sudden death, sudden death overtime-ish uh, one-round shootout. And... Jocelyn Lamaru, I believe was her name, scored one of the sickest goals I've ever seen. And then the 20-year-old goalie <laughs> made the biggest save of her life and won the gold for the U.S. women's. Um, so I thought it was kind of funny. Afterwards, somebody went on Wikipedia and changed her position to Secretary of Defense uh, for the U.S. So I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, but then a short few hours later, the men's hockey, or men's curling team made it to the gold medal match uh, with a win 
in the semifinals over Canada as well. And then went on to play in the gold medal match against Sweden, I believe is who they played, and defeated them uh, for the first men's gold cur- or gold medal in curling. So that's uh, pretty cool for both of those teams, and mm-hmm. it was really fun watching the Olympics this year for Big them. Big time wins against uh, Canadian teams that are almost always favored. Mm-hmm. Um, kind those- of a lot of like, uh, and the funny thing was, I was just going to mention the Miracle on Ice, mm-hmm. um, 20 years to the day they uh, beat... Um, not 20 years, uh, 40 years, I believe. 40 years to the day uh, they defeated um, Canada when the men defeated Russia on the Miracle on Ice. I believe it was 40 years. I can't remember 100%, but I believe it was 40 years. Uh, Next one we got uh, the NCAA FBI investigation. A lot of big-name players came out in this. A lot of big-name teams. Specifically, biggest one being Sean Miller out of uh, Arizona. Arizona being caught on a wiretap talking about the $100,000 they was going to take to secure one of his recruits. Um, personally, I, I, I have this logic about college athletes. Why not pay them? Like, they put in this extra work... And I understand, yes, they're getting their education. I understand that. But you have all of these rules against, you know, oh, you can't do any specific, you know, you can't be a a poster board child for, uh, you know, any of the marketing things. You can't be, you know, Mm -hmm. oh, you can't be a poster board for Under Armour. You can't be, you can't sign on with an agent or or with a uh, company or anything like that. Why? Why? Just let them, you know, I understand that there's reasonings behind it. Like, yeah, obviously they're getting their education paid for. But at the same time, they're also working their asses off to become a better athlete and go pro. Most mm-hmm. of them. Like, most of them are trying to go pro. Most, and a lot of these ones that are on this list are people that are going to be at their college for a year and then leave. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. What's your thought? What's your thought on that? So, I've kind of... I mean, I guess I wrote a paper on whether college athletes should have gotten paid my senior year. It's one of my bigger papers. So I did a lot of research then, and I've done a lot since. And I've kind of, through that, I've come to the conclusion that I don't think the NCAA is ever going to be able to pay their athletes. I never think that's going to happen. I think some things could change. Obviously, and I can say this, and I know it's not going to be a, a hot take, if you will, the NCAA sucks. Oh, yeah. They take way too much control over their players, what their athletes can and can't do. Um, the NCAA, um, I don't know if you follow Pat McAfee at all. Yeah. Um, yep. He tried sending a For the Brand uh, for Kickers uh, shirt to one of his to one of the college athletes who just had some sort of viral Twitter video. Yeah. And the NCAA came after him and said, hey, you can't be sending stuff. Like, you can't send a college athlete a t-shirt. Yeah. Like, uh, that was, type of stuff. There was the uh, there was the kid in Florida who had to right, choose between he had his to, scholarship he and his YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that type of stuff. I think... I don't think that it's 100% practical for the reasons of... I think there is a good majority of kids that are going to go pro. I think there's just as many student-athletes... That have no chance of going pro and just want to get there. And I think there's yeah. enough there's enough college athletics that don't make enough money to be able to pay their athletes 
in sports that aren't basketball, that aren't football, yeah. those big money, um, that put in just as much time and effort, I think. Um, I think that players should be able to make names or make money off of their names. Mm-hmm. I don't think that the university should be able to profit off of their athletes if they can't profit off their exactly themselves. they can't profit off themselves. I think that something that can be a big fix for this because, like, it's becoming out more and more um, in NBA players. Um, I mean, I was listening to a uh, an interview with Frank Kaminsky. Mm. Guys in the NBA talk all the time. About the money they got in college, mm-hmm. it's not. It's one. It's it's a don't ask, don't tell type situation. It's been there forever. Um, that yeah. college athlete, athlete, uh, athletes are getting paid. Dennis Smith Jr. got paid a bunch last year. Um, um, who was the other one? The first overall, uh, Markel Fultz. Markel, Markel Fultz. Fultz was in that as well. Yeah. Um, it's it's not that, something that's new. No, it's not new, and it's going to guys that are going to be pros anyways. Mm-hmm. And I think an alternative to this is allowing these athletes to go into developmental leagues guys that it's 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 a problem it's a solution that can fix the paying the athletes problem when you because i think uh so you're, the athletes, ta- you're talking the athletes, kind of like a, the athletes like a, that are getting centered towards this. We should pay them. Are the guys that are on national TV every other night? Yep. that are big names, Marvin Bagley's, those mm-hmm. type of players. I think all those guys are one and done guys. They're not oh, going. Yeah. They're not. And I'm not. I I can understand the going to get your education, but guys are going to Duke and Kentucky and those big basketball schools. They're going for yep. one year to go pro. Mm-hmm. I think that leagues like the NFL and the NBA need to work on developmental leagues um, that can allow these 18-year-olds, even if they can get drafted out of high school and are required to go to these developmental for leagues at least for a year. a year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that that way they can, even if it's not going to be a significant amount of pay, but those kids don't want to be in college. No, they no, have no, they don't, they don't they have want no to have desire. That, yeah, they, they don't want to have to have student loans or anything. They don't want to. You're making these kids go to, and I'm not saying that you know the value of college isn't you know a great thing, but there are people that are not cut out for college, and mm-hmm. these kids are not ones. They're not you know. I'll use uh, Kyrie Irving as one of my examples. Kyrie Irving was a one and done. He was the first mm-hmm. one and done ever for Duke. Mm-hmm. He left. He went straight to the NBA. Went to the Cavaliers, his number one overall pick, as far as I remember. Um, mm-hmm. He's, but he didn't want to, you know, be learning about sociology or psychology or math. Like he didn't want to learn that. Right. He knew basketball. Right. And uh, like I said, I'm not saying that the wage that we pay our athletes isn't grossly overrated. Like we do mm-hmm. not need to be paying athletes as much as we do. But I still think that. Where where we send them, like you said, I th- and I, I agree with that. It's um, who is it? Uh, the one thing that I'll agree with this man, I don't agree with much else with this man, but Lavar Ball has considered creating a league. I believe he's in the like mm-hmm. starting of it. He's trying right. to get it going of a league that's just paid players coming out of high school, mm-hmm. and like you said, the, the, give every NBA team a developmental a developmental team. Mm-hmm. Give every every team a developmental team, 
that team is kind of your farm club, basically. I mean, mm-hmm. they, every team does have, like, some sort of a farm club. But, like, give everyone a specific developmental team that players, when they're drafted out of high school, go straight to there for a year or two. I don't care what the yearage is. But they have to go there. They can get paid. They can develop their skills into the NBA. Mm-hmm. And... You can still have kids come out of college that'll go into the NBA. Mm-hmm. I have no problem with that. You have you know your fourth year senior, Grayson Allen. Grayson mm-hmm. Allen will probably go to some team next year as a you know three and D kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he probably won't get a lot of playing time, but he'll go there. But somebody like that, he's a I think he's a fourth year, fifth year senior, something like that. Mm-hmm. You can still have that, but you can also still have these other people. Right. I think that the biggest issue is. And I mean, I'm seeing stuff that people are all one and duns are causing this problem. One and duns are not one the and problem. One and duns are not the problem. This has been happening for a long time. This has been happening way before the the one and duns. And the issue is that the NCAA has been so complacent with everything that's going on that they basically waited until, until the very end, right? Yeah. Until the FBI, the the federal the freaking Beer, FBI had federal to come bureau in. of an investigation, yeah. And so the NCAA could just stand back and go, "Oh well, we didn't know any. Of we this didn't was know those happened." Yeah, it's it's. I liken this to the NFL's thing with domestic violence. The NFL knew that domestic violence was going on, mm-hmm. but then Ezekiel Elliott this year and um, the whole thing with Adrian Peterson, like that, all they were like, "Oh my gosh, now it's actually coming out. We have to, you know, drop the hammer on these guys." Mm-hmm. And I'm not. Trust me, I'm not saying that what they did to their kids was right or to their wife or, you know, domestic violence is not okay at all. But the NFL waited, like you said, till the very end to do something about mm-hmm. it. And then when they finally did, they dropped the hammer without even thinking about it. It's also similar to the MLB. Mm-hmm. With the MLB, you had all of these players that were doing steroids, like the, mm-hmm. the Mitchell Report, right? Mm-hmm. But what you've got to remember is that when that report came out, like when these guys were taking them, it wasn't illegal. It wasn't against the rules. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that what they did was right because, I mean, but the thing is, steroids, okay, whatever. You still have to hit the ball. Mm-hmm. Steroid doesn't make you hit the ball any, you know, any faster. Mm-mm. It doesn't make you, doesn't make your hand-eye coordination any better. If anything, it might make it worse if you're juicing up your arms. Mm-hmm. Like... You still got to have all of that hand-eye coordination, all of the uh, dexterity with your hands as well to be able to hit that ball, swing through, get your entire hips moving, hit that ball at the right fraction of an inch that's going to send that thing out of there. Mm-hmm. And but the MOB saw it as, oh my God, we're losing such so many fans because of this. Let's drop the hammer on them and disgrace their names. And then mm-hmm. Barry Bonds got sent to Supreme Court and everything. They mm-hmm. said, oh, well, he lied. He he perjured himself. Comes out uh, two or three years ago, four years ago, something like that now. Mm-hmm. Charges get dropped. Yeah. it was a, It's a smokescreen a lot of these times where it's just a big organization trying to get their own views across by using other people's plight. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I don't think that this is going to change anything in the NCAA my biggest hope is that people start looking at the NCAA a little bit differently. Yep. 
um, and see that there are possible alternatives to allow athletes who have plans of going pro to not have to go to college because you're making these kids do something they don't want to do. Right. And that's, that's not fair. I mean, to I'll them. go back to the Frank Kaminsky interview. He was like a life science and communications major. Yeah. And he said, I chose a major that I wouldn't have to do homework or go to class. Yep. I, he said, I knew I wanted to go to the NBA. Um, as soon as I hit my freshman year, he said, I went three years. Uh, I went long enough that I knew my draft draft stock would be high enough that I'd get drafted. Mm-hmm. And then I went. He said, I got offered money all the time. He said, I never took it, but I had outside donors, mm-hmm. um, never anybody from the school, but he had so many outside guys, agents, whatever, that came and offered him money. And he said, I'm not – and Frank Kaminsky, I mean, you think of the name um, from that last March Madness. Yeah. But he wasn't a big a big time – Yeah, um, Frank the Tank wasn't a thing before that. Right. Like, yeah. And he had guys this entire college career coming, hey, mm-hmm. hey – so obviously it's – I mean it's good that it's coming out because as much as I think we both agree that what's going on in the NCAA is wrong in the sense of how much control they have over their athletes, it's still not right that it's happening. Yeah, and I I understand that. But I think that it coming out too is a way to get the ball rolling, get the ball – get everybody mm-hmm. talking about, okay, can we get this other league going? Because, I mean, if I was in their position, I would not want to go to college, you know, no. if I didn't want to. And um, I'm not I'm not downing on business majors. Uh, I hope people know that. Um, I have a bunch of very close friends that are business majors. But a lot of times you look across the nation – and you see a lot of these athletes that are oh they're a business major they're a um, they're a uh, like liberal arts degree mm-hmm. major like something that they don't and I'm I mean every major has its hardness to it but you gotta you gotta look at it from both sides of the fence too you're not gonna see a lot of these kids that are going to the NFL or the NBA as you know you're not gonna see them as you know mechanical engineering majors. Or, um, you know, pre-med. Uh, mm-hmm. I know we had one on our football team here yeah. that was, you know, he was uh, like cell bio neuroscience with like a 3.98 GPA on mm-hmm. our football team. He was ridiculously smart. But you're not going to see that most of the time. You're going to no. see you're going to see the business majors. You're going to see the non-STEM majors. Mm-hmm. And that's not a not a plight at any of those that t- do that because I ha- like I said I have a bunch of friends that do major in that. But you just look at the trends and you don't see a lot of these NBA players that are that were mechanical engineers. No, and you can tell the guys who want who want their degree, they don't they go after they go pro. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, I mean, they have the example of uh the Chiefs uh offensive lineman. Uh, yeah. I'm never gonna be able to pronounce his name, but it's a French last name. Um he's going right now to get his uh Pharmaceutical license and is it, is it um, uh, Duvernay? Yeah, yeah, um, Tardif Duvernay. Yeah, uh, Frank, I think it's like Franklin Tardif Duvernay or yeah. something like that. Yeah, from Canada. Yep. Um, so, well, then you look. He's at, going. He's going in the off season, and he's studying in one of the top schools for medicine mm-hmm. in North America. There's <laughs> a um, is it Buck, uh, Tampa Bay Buck that's getting that got his uh, doctorate. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach Zenner for the uh, Detroit Lions wants to, if he doesn't do football, he's going to become a surgeon, I believe, or mm-hmm. he's going to become a doctor of some sort. Um, so the guy, you can tell, the guys who want to go to college, 
they make it work. Yeah. And then if they want to, you know, if the NBA or the NFL is one of their dreams, they'll go do it. Mm-hmm. But if it's not, you can tell right away those ones. And it's, you want to, you want to see why, like, you're wasting, you're putting these kids in these crazy amount of debt. And I know that they're going to pay it off because they get cr- paid crazy amounts. But quit making kids that are 18 and 19 go do something they don't want to do because they just know that it's the only way, you know, that they can make it in. And then who's to say that even if they go to these schools, they don't, they get drafted. Who's to say at these schools they don't, you know, get injured or they don't become the top dog? Mm-hmm. Like these kids that don't want to go to college, all of a sudden they're there for three or four years. Yeah, they might get a degree, but it's not what they want to do. And I would rather have kids be pursuing their life goal from the start when they graduate high school than putting them through something they don't want to pursue. Mm-hmm. That's my thoughts on it. We'll move on. Um, to the pit of misery, NCAA. Yeah, exactly. Dilly dilly. Dilly effing dilly. <laughs> um, so next thing we got here, some uh, NFL contracts and some trades that happened. Uh, we'll we'll open up with uh, contracts. A um, couple people getting franchise tagged. A uh, couple t- uh, contracts happening. So uh, Blake Bortles, biggest one probably, um, most recently, getting a three-year deal with the... Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I I don't like this for the Jaguars. Um, I think Bortles does as much as asked of him and nothing more. He's ne- I mean, you it showed in the game against the Patriots. He's never going to be that guy to go out there and win you the game. He's mm-hmm. never going to be the guy like you're down four with two and a half minutes to go to march you down and score a touchdown. That's just not Blake Bortles' M.O. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think what Jacksonville was I think the thought behind it besides that he's kind of already the guy, he's in that position. I don't know how how many guys out there are a significant upgrade. Would you consider Kirk Cousins an upgrade over Blake I Bortles? Would, I would consider Cousins an upgrade over Bortles. Um I personally this was my thought was that Eli Manning was going to end up there go back mm-hmm. to Tommy Coughlin, Tom Coughlin um and end up there because of how they treated Eli Manning in New York this year mm-hmm. um I could have seen him heading back there uh, I could have seen a lot of other guys as a better option than mm-hmm. Blake Bortles there um or even at that point take a second you know get a journeyman guy because you've proven that your defense can carry you because I'm telling you right now Blake Bortles did not carry them this year mm-hmm. but you take a second or third round quarterback guy. You've got guys that are going to end up there because you're not Rosen, Darno, um, Allen, and Mayfield may go in the top eight. Mm-hmm. But you've got other quarterbacks that are in this draft that you can pick up second, third round that you could probably work into a serviceable quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one though, uh, Jarvis Landry. For the Miami Dolphins getting franchise tagged. Um, interesting thing I saw here with Jarvis Landry. After he gets franchise tagged, he goes with uh, his or it's his agent and agents of the team or something like that are met later and they were meeting to talk about trading him mm-hmm. um, after being franchise tagged. 
Well, I think, and I can't remember specifically what it was, and I think it was before he was franchise tagged that he was unhappy with the team, mm-hmm. what they had done this year. And, I mean, I think it was kind of similar to Jay Cutler as well. Cutler, Cutler yeah. coming in, yeah. I think it was similar to Jay Ajayi where there was a lot of distrust and mm-hmm. uh, anger with the organization, what they've done the last couple of years. Um, obviously, I think there were some issues just overall. I mean, you look at the... Uh, the coordinator who was doing coke. Um, I think that kind yep. of. Um, I mean, I think that's kind of what we can all look back to is um, how dysfunctional I think the Dolphins are right now. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so I was surprised to see that they tagged him, and I'm not surprised to hear that there's a possible trade. He would be. Imagine. I think if I remember right, it was something like they were talking with the Colts. Mm-hmm. You imagine a guy like Jarvis Landry on the Colts if uh, Luck comes if back. If Luck can come you back. You get Jarvis Landry and T.Y. Hilton. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a, scary. That's a scary backfield or scary uh, receiving core backfield. I'm um, going crazy. Um, another big one, more defensive end here. Uh, I think exactly defensive end. Uh, <laughs> Ziggy Ansah for the Detroit Lions got tagged. Uh, good move, I think, by them. Mm-hmm. Um, Ziggy. He's been a force for them mm-hmm. ever since he got there. Uh, underrated, I think. Very underrated defensive player. Uh, every year, I know this year he wasn't. He didn't have his best year, but I mean, this man is always in the backfield, always causing havoc. So that's a. I think that's a good signing for the Lions, or good tag for the Lions. Um, another signing ish was uh, Vontae Davis signing with the Buffalo Bills. This. Really makes a stout Buffalo defense even mm-hmm. more stout because you already had Tredavious White and Jordan Poyer, mm-hmm. so you've got very good corners already. You add Vontae Davis on top of that, so mm-hmm. that's a formidable, very formidable third down nickel package. Mm-hmm. That's uh, something you don't want to be a part. Of. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, I could see Bills being back in the playoffs next year with that kind of defense, mm-hmm. and they uh, I saw a thing that they don't plan to let Tyrod Taylor leave. They plan to sign him, so or to at least keep him of some sort. So mm-hmm. that tells me they've got their quarterback. They've got their you know they've got what they want to do. So. I think that's deserved. I think Tyrod Taylor deserves to be a starting quarterback. Oh, he's in the league. he's a I think probably the most underrated mm-hmm. starting quarterback out there. Um, at least of this last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, there. I mean, it showed in the game that they had Peterman start. Mm-hmm. Five interceptions in like the first three quarters or something like that. Mm-hmm. Just very bad game. Um, so, yeah, I definitely, I, I like that signing for the Bills. Um, last thing here for, I guess we got two more things, but... Marcus Peters traded to the Rams uh, from the Chiefs. So you're, you're Chiefs just losing people left and right. Um, I didn't understand this 100% at all. They were like, Andy Reid and the uh, um, new GM, because I believe they lost their old GM or something like that. I think he went to... He went to uh, Cleveland, I, I think. Cleveland, yeah. yeah. Them, Dorsey? Yeah, yeah I believe Dorsey, Dorsey went to Cleveland. Yep. So um, <laughs> went to them and like... All right, guys. So in the Smith trade, we got the corner that could fill the spot that we needed filled the most. So now we're a complete team. How can we mess it up? Let's get rid of the number one corner on our team, who was our best corner last year. Let's get rid of him. Like, 
How does that go through your mind? I mean, I understand he's a little bit of a hothead, a little bit of a shithead. No, and I, from what I've seen, and I mean, I, I've never... It's one of those situations. I've appreciated having one of the best corners in the league on my team. Yeah, exactly. But if he was, if he was not as good as he was, I would want him off the team immediately. Yeah, it's he's one of those, been. Yeah, exactly. He's just kind of, and that that's kind of what came out after he was traded. Is he's just kind of one of those guys, cancer to the locker room. You could see mm. it in that Jets game when he got it. He didn't get ejected, but he ejected himself. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. It's, it's. I mean, he didn't have as good of a year. This last year, as he did his rookie year, obviously he had a phenomenal rookie year. Yep. Um, but he still had a very good year last year. Um, I just, I'm okay with trading him. I just wish that they would have gotten something back for him. Yeah, so like because I mean, an they actual got, person right, rather than just draft picks. They got three draft picks over and the next up, three years gave and up gave up a, a draft pick. Yeah, I don't know. That didn't make any sense to me. But uh, and I'm, I'm. The one thing I'm hoping, they have Kendall Fuller from the trade from Washington. Washington. I am hoping they can go and sign Kyle Fuller mm. from the Bears, who's a free agent this year. That'd be a big, yeah, big. To fill that slot. Yep, exactly. Uh, last thing on our NFL, kind of around the horn here, um, the Vikings QBs. What the hell are they going to do at QB? Because uh, they are letting... Bridgewater walk and letting Keenum walk. Um, I don't understand you. This tells me one thing: they're not going to let Bradford be the quarterback either, because you were, you basically you were going to be either one of these two guys. You were going to be Bridgewater or Keenum. Um, mm-hmm. You just had to put your faith in one of them, see which one you wanted. Uh, Bridgewater's good enough right now. I think he could be a starting quarterback at some of these places. Um, you send him to like uh, Cleveland or something. Mm-hmm. I think he'd be a starting quarterback. Don't wish um, that on him. <laughs> I don't wish that on him, no. But I think he could be a starting quarterback there. Um, the Jets, honestly. You mm-hmm. put Bridgewater there. He's a young quarterback. He fits the kind of the mold of what uh, Todd Bowles wants to do there. I think that would be a good good fit for him. Mm-hmm. Um, then Keenum. Keenum proved this last year that he's, you know, if you get the red team around him, he can do pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, but then in the playoffs game against the Eagles, he showed, hey, I'm still Case Keenum. <laughs> I still throw interceptions. Uh, in big costly moments, so um, I would say this tells me the Vikings are, and I did see a report of this that they are very much head bound, head strong into going into the uh, Kirk Cousins sweepstakes. So they're mm-hmm. going to try to land Kirk Cousins, which makes sense. You get a guy like Cousins in on that team that's already got Diggs, got Thielen, got uh, Cook coming back in the backfield. You've got mm-hmm. McKinnon and Murray. Um, you've got uh, Kyle Rudolph as a tight end. You've got a defined offense. You're just missing a quarterback. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know what you if you have any thoughts on the Vikings QB. I mean, I think it's similar to Jacksonville. That team's built around their defense. Yep. Um, and they have pieces on the offensive end, and they don't need a great quarterback there. No, I don't think so either. I mean, it proved this last year. Yeah, Keenum's no great quarterback, and he got that all system. The way to the that NFC Mike Zimmer system. Made Keenum look like an MVP. Yep. Which is saying something. Yep. Um, so with that, we're going to go, we're going to finish this one out here with a little bit of an MLB preview. Um, teams teams to watch, some storylines going into the year, and uh, we'll give you our way too early World Series team slash picks. Um, so looking at the MLB season this coming year, 
Obviously, big moves were made in the offseason. Big trade moves. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that... I mean, I don't, I don't think that there's any big like signing moves by free agents other than a couple notable ones, which I would say would be Eric Hosmer, Yu Darvish, and um, J.D. Martinez. Mm-hmm. But with those three, I still didn't see a lot. Like, I didn't see a crazy amount of, you know, J.D. Martinez going... Oh, and I guess also, um, I can never remember his name, but he's a utility infielder who uh, played for the... Uh, Red Sox this next year. I can never remember his name. He used to play for the uh, Giants at one point, I think. But uh, yeah, you have me lost. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of his name. Um, but I think that my f- biggest storyline coming into this year is how are the Yankees going to be able to work Judge and Stanton in? Um, you've got two of the biggest power guys in the game proven this last year. Does Judge fall back into his power? Or does he do what he's done in the past? Or, you know, does he, or I guess not in the past because he was a rookie, but does he um, go back to the way of uh, not really doing much and striking out a lot? Um, does he fix that this year? Uh, mm-hmm. Does Stanton, does Stanton have the batting 280 and 100, and, you know, 120 RBIs and 50, you know, 60 home runs? Or is he back to the 240, mm-hmm. 30 home runs and, you know, 80 RBIs? Right. Like, with with both those guys on the same team, I mean, I'm not going to complain if I've got two guys that are batting, you know, 250, each got 30 home runs, each got 80 RBIs. Like, I'm not going to complain about that. But, well, like, I don't know. What's your big storyline going on this year? So I've got a couple. Um, I think first, just an overarching storyline is how is the AL East going to turn out? Yeah. Because I really think that the two... The two teams that everybody's looking out, looking at, is the Yankees and the Red Sox. Yeah, it's one. I think it's um, a two horse race in the East. Um, and so I think I honestly think whoever wins the AL East, we'll whoever represent- proves themselves as the better team out of those two, I think will end up in the World Series. I think so too. Yeah, I think that um, the winner of the AL East makes the makes the World Series. My next one is how the Giants are going to round their roster out. Even year. Mm-hmm. Even year. They yeah. always do good on that even years. They've, they've made got, the playoffs every year on an even year. They have a bolstered roster, but they have a bolstered roster similar to um, how like the Timberwolves kind of put it together, where yeah. they got a bunch of guys who were all-star caliber guys a few years ago. Yep. Um, so I think that... The Giants have potential. They've got big names. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be can how they do those beat guys the Dodgers? Performs? That's right. going to be the thing: is can they beat the Dodgers? Because if they can't beat the Dodgers, mm-hmm. I just I, I don't know. I don't know how you could get. And my last thing, obviously, I have to talk about my own team, the Cubs. How are the Cubs going to round out their rotation? Yeah. I still, I honestly don't know what the situation with Jake Arrieta is right now. Yeah, because he's still I know the, he's still a free agent. Free I think agent, technically, yeah. I don't know how much the Cubs have been talking to him. I don't know whether them signing you Darvish means that they couldn't sign Jake Arrieta. Yeah, but I know he was talking with other teams. He was talking with the Phillies, I think. Yeah. Um, Which, if you're gonna go to a team, like you know, at least get out of your division. Mm-hmm. So. 
But I mean, they still have. They've got Lester. Obviously, they have Darvish. Yep. Uh, they got Kyle Hendricks. John Lackey, I still believe, is in that fourth spot. I think um, so. Yeah. Even though he didn't have a great year last year, yeah. I don't even know if he pitched in the playoffs all that much. Um, they had Mike Montgomery as their fifth guy, who was he was a starter in the minors, went down to reliever, pitched out of pitched out of the bullpen for all of last year, and pitched a lot out of the bullpen in the playoffs. They were moving him back to starter tentatively, but I can't imagine that he's going to be the fifth guy there. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going to go on there. Um, it's kind of with I uh... and their bullpen's also something. I mean, yep, Wade because their Davis. bullpen this last year mm-hmm. proved that it was very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. That's what lost them in the uh, playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting. I really really like the AL East, the NL West. And the NL Central mm-hmm. this year. Uh, the Angels don't scare me with Otani. Um, I don't think Otani's really going to do that well in his first year in the majors. Um, and I, I just don't know how he's going to fit. Like, yeah. show me. I mean, if you're the Angels, show me how he's going to work. Like, show me what he's going to do. Because he looked way out of it in his first spring training game. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, But, yeah, I definitely say that it, I would say it's the... The uh, NL Central, the AL East, and the NL West are my mm-hmm. three. I, I will say the AL West as well with the Astros. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only team from the AL West that I really am worried about. I don't mm-hmm. think that Texas is going to challenge them. I also don't think that the mm-hmm. Athletics are going to challenge them. Mm-mm. I think it's going to be... Yeah, so I guess with that... Um, I have one more. Okay. I want to know how skinny Kyle Schwarber does this year. Yeah, because he is thin <laughs> he is a lot. Thin. Um, I'm really hoping it helps him more on the defensive end than it helps him on the offensive end. But you got to, yeah, he's fine offensively. He's got he power is like nobody's business. Bad on the defensive end. Exactly. I, think I play a better uh, left fielder than Kyle Schwarber <laughs> does. Yeah, that'll be an interesting one. Um, with that, let's uh, let's get some World Series. Picks some teams that you think is going to represent, and who you think is going to win it. So, I think from the AL, how about let's go the championship series on into the World Series. Okay, so we're doing top four, top four from each uh, league, or top four, I guess total. Yeah. So I have to go. Sorry. I think I've got to go either the Red Sox or the Yankees from the AL. Do you think so? Red Sox Yankee um, championship series. I I think so. I think I think that's but yeah. I, would... I I loved the Astros this last year. I just and I'm sure that my mind will change when we get halfway through the season. Yep. But I gotta say that these two teams look good right now. Mm-hmm. Um. So I have to say it's got to be Red Sox Yankees. And then I think the Dodgers are up there, and I don't know who else from the NL. The NL is really open. The NL is open. Um, I mean, you have the Cubs that'll be up there. Uh, I think the Cardinals have made improvements. They Nationals think they're going to be well. the Nationals are going to be up there again. I think the Giants will be up there. So, uh, 
I'll just I'll say the Cubs for my own uh, sake, but gotcha. I'm not even a hundred percent on that either. I so who so then who represents in the World Series? Who's your World Series teams? I'd have to go probably Dodgers and Red Sox. I think Dodgers Red Sox. Okay, who do you think wins? I gotta say Dodgers. I Dodgers? think the Dodgers were. Think this is the year for them. I think they could have done it last year. Almost and did it. I mean, they went to what game it. seven, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I they they've improved this. Obviously, they lost you Darvish, but you Darvish didn't. You Darvish destroyed them in the right. They playoffs. didn't do well. Game he seven, well. he lasted what an inning and a third. Mm-hmm. Like, so I think that they improved this year. Um. I I think Dodgers, and that hurts me because I'm not I'm not a Dodgers fan in the slightest, but I see them, I see them pulling it off. So I I, I do have to agree with you for the AL. I do I do think it's going to be a, a Red Sox Yankees um, championship series. I could see maybe the Astros. I could see um, the Red Sox these last years. I don't like their current manager. Um, I believe they still no. have the same manager, yeah. Mike Farrell or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, I can't remember if that's his actual name, but uh, I could see them folding to a team like the uh, like the Astros if they do end up as like the uh, the wild card team. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see them folding to that. So I could see a Yankees uh, Astros. Also, I could see a, a Red Sox Astros because the Yankees also struggle with the Astros. Right. Um, I could see that. I could. Uh, so I, I'm I'm gonna call a Yankees Astros championship series rematch of this last year mm-hmm. but I think that the Yankees get to them this time uh, this last time they were relying too much on judge mm-hmm. alone and not the rest of their team they went out and got uh Stanton so you've got two big power guys uh you've also got Gary Sanchez still there um you've got a crazy amount of good talent on that team so I think that's my my pick in the east isn't it and uh, I think I think the Yankees do get it, so I think the Yankees will make the the uh, Super Bowl. <laughs> the Super Bowl. Oh man, it's been a long day. Um, Yankees will make the World Series, and then I think on the NL side, I I uh, I have the Cubs and the Giants making it to the uh, NLCS. Um, I think that the Dodgers will find a way to piss it away again. Um, they do every year. They find some way to mess it up and not make it into the suit or make it actually to win the World Series. So I think that they will pull through and I think that the Giants pull it out. I think the Giants, um, I think it's a Yankees Giants World Series. Um, and I, th- I just think that the if the Yankees have their pitching together, I think the Yankees are one of the most unstoppable teams this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see them. I could see Yankees above 100 wins this year. I could see yeah. 105, 106, something mm-hmm. like that. So, um, also, if they make a big trade in the year, in middle of the year, like they like to do, and they trade for, you know, if they do trade for like a Manny Machado, mm-hmm. so um, yeah, I could see that. That's my that's my thought. So I think it's a Yankees World Series. Uh, maybe a little biased, but I just, I mean, you can't argue with the moves that they've made. So and of course I know both of our both of our picks won't stand up. No, one no. week into the season, one week know. into the season, the Yankees will be zero and seven, yeah. and the Cubs will be one and six, yeah. and the Dodgers will be zero and eight. <laughs> yeah, and we'll be looking at like 
Um, we'll, we'll be looking at the Padres leading the NL West and yeah. going to the champion, going to the NLCS, and the uh, the Marlins will be who they face. Yeah, you know, for some reason. <laughs> so, um, but with that, uh, let's go ahead and wrap her up. Uh, make sure you guys go give us a follow on Twitter uh, at BHouseSportsMT. We've been on there. Keeping up with some of the most, you know, more modern events that happen. Um, also, go and give us a rating on either SoundCloud or iTunes. Either way, which one that you uh, listen to, and uh, let us know what you like about the podcast. Uh, we really enjoy doing it. We enjoy mm-hmm. having fun with it. Um, we realize we haven't been as consistent as we have wanted to, but we are going to try to be more consistent going forward. Uh, to let you know, we will be. Probably not having a together podcast over the next maybe two or three weeks, um, as I myself will be in Reno for the Big Sky Conference basketball tournament, which will be very fun, and uh, Brandon will be here and then at spring break, so we will probably not see each other for about two weeks. So uh, look for us for probably the third week-ish of March, um, and we'll get you something there, get you all caught up with the most happenings. And by that time, we should have a pretty good idea about who's going for playoffs of Right. I know we'll have we'll have the selection for uh, NCAA here coming yep. up. NCAA is going to be fun um, if we can. Uh, maybe you and I do a Skype one uh, mm-hmm. for the NCAA on that uh, weekend, and we talk the NCAA selection. I'm hoping that my Bobcats women win the NC or win the Big Sky Conference tournament. If they can win that, um, their record is not the best, uh, unfortunately. But I still think they're a good team. But I think that if they can win it. They'll go in as a 16 seed, and knowing that, uh, there's only one team that I would want to play because they're my favorite team of uh, college women's basketball ever, and that's UConn. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gino Ariema has been my coaching idol forever, so mm-hmm. I really hope that that would happen. Uh, if you guys want us to talk about anything, give us a shout. Let us know how our podcasts are going. Uh, and with that, Brandon, you have anything else? I think I'm good. All right. Well, we will catch you guys later. Later. Peace.